So thinking about mission, we have a couple of missionaries with us this morning, uh, Darren and Diane Wilson, and they have been working in Mexico. And so I'm not going to take any more of their time because I've, I've said they have the preaching time this morning. And so they have a presentation, and I'm sure we're going to be informed and we're going to be blessed. And I just said, whatever the Lord has laid on your heart, we're ready for it. Okay? So uh, let's give a very warm welcome again to Darren and Diane Wilson as they share with us this morning. So I'm not sure if you want to do it up here or down there. You'll come up. All right. PowerPoint first. Well, I'm going to pass the mic. Spirit, lead me where my trust is. 
Thank you for inviting us out to share our story. And I'm going to back up a little bit from what we were going to present and to let you know how and where and when God called us to serve in Mexico. It was uh, October 2011, and we had a missionary come to the Lamont Alliance Church where we attend from the Philippines, and he uh, talked on the Sunday morning. And during that service, I felt really strongly that God was calling me into the mission, to the mission field. And it goes way back when, when I was about 12 years old, our church was very much a missions-oriented church. And I remember when I was 12 years old, I was standing up during a missions week when they did a call to see if, who would be willing to serve as a missionary. I remember standing up and saying that I would go. So on that morning in 2011, in October, he said, remember when I called you to the mission field way back when? He goes, it's time to go. I have something for you to do. I said, well, what about all the, my kids? I have four daughters and an adopted son and six grandkids. He said, I've got that covered. The kids are on their own. I'll look after them. I have something for you to do. So I said, okay, Lord, I'll go. Well, then my next thought was, oh, how am I going to tell Darren? God's called me to the mission field. So we were driving home, and he was talking, and I said, you know, I don't know how to tell you this, but God has really called me. I really feel that God has called me to the mission field. Well, our God is amazing because when he does a plan, he doesn't do it halfway. His response was, I know I felt the same. Thank you, Lord. You took care of that one. Well, our next thing was we had no idea where, when we were supposed to go, what we were supposed to do. It's just that he had called us to the mission field. So we called up our pastor. said, we need to talk to you. Well, then he got really worried. He wasn't sure what was going on. We said, no, 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 this is good. Meant to meet with him and and to, just to pray and, and seek God's guidance. And right at the beginning, Mexico came up like, well, I don't know. I always thought that for some reason I had a really good friend that was missionary in Brazil, and I thought that's where we were going to go. 
but Mexico kept coming up. We were able to go to Mission Fest that year. And then I was, a really amazing opportunity came up that I was able to go to Rosarito, Mexico, which is part of, close to Tijuana, on a vision trip with Hugo Ministries. And it was just to actually see where our church could serve with them. And so we got on the bike. Actually, it was two other ladies and myself. We went down there to see the different ministries that they have. And, you know, you get ideas where, God, where you think God wants you to serve and what you're supposed to do. So I thought we were going to serve in an orphanage. I've always been around kids, and I raised four daughters, and I thought that's where we were going to go. So then one morning, the, the next day, we were going to go to the um, orphanage, the children's home, and the baby's home. And I had been reading in Daniel where God gave visions and dreams. So I went to bed that night, and I said, Lord, I need to know 100% where you want us to serve and what you want us to do. I don't want it to be, you know, comments that we've gotten. Well, what country do you want to go to? What kind of food do you like? I said, I'm sorry, I don't think God works like that. I need clear direction where you want us to serve and where you want us to go. And I'm really still surprised that the ladies in the other room didn't hear him because I heard him really plainly. He said, okay, you want to know where you're going? I'll show you where you're going. And I saw really plainly this long, narrow road winding with trees on both sides. And we came out into the opening after going down this road for a while. And in front of me was a big white building with a red roof. We went inside, and there was rooms. It was divided up into rooms, and there was tables and chairs and people, but they weren't kids. So then he said, this is where you're going. Okay, thank you. The next morning, that's what I totally expected to see. I was sure that we would drive up to the building, and there it was. It didn't look like anything I saw. It was brown and orange, and it was like, well, either I totally got that wrong, or this is not where we're supposed to serve. But I had told nobody. This was between God and me, and I had told nobody what he had shown me. So before we left, it was um, apparently turned out to be a mistake. Well, a man's mistake. Um, but we were told there was no openings with Hugo Ministries. They had full staff, and they didn't need anybody right now. Um, we found out later that that was something that was not supposed to happen. It was told, but it was a God thing. And so we went, came back home. Cheryl and Rod Hoople with Hugo Ministries had said, you know, um, we're going to pray about it. You pray about it. So I got a call about a month later from Cheryl, and she said, you know, God really put this on my heart. And she said, I have some friends that, that run a Bible college in Ensenada. I talked to them about you, and you and your husband have exactly what they're looking for. They've been looking for a couple with the qualifications that you have to serve at the Bible college. Okay, I had never said a word to Cheryl. So we arranged, and here's a website. You contact them, and it's up to you and God. So we did the necessary paperwork and contacted them and, and set up an appointment, to, um, a time to go and visit with them, see what the college was about so they could see if we fit. I will never forget. They picked us up in San Diego. They drove us down to Mexico. When we pulled off the highway and onto the road that goes down to the college, I will never forget that. I had this real feeling of, I've been here before. I have seen this. We drove down the road. We came out into the opening, and there in front of me was the building that I had seen. God said, this is where I have called you to be. So we have no question, and this is what we, every time we get asked, well, how did God call you? How do you know you're supposed to be here in Mexico? How did you end up at this college? It's like, well, God told us that this is where we were going. And so... It has been such a blessing. But that was five years ago. We thought we were ready to go then. Yeah, Lord, we're going to pack. We, we were telling people we were leaving. We were talking to them. And, and around town, they did an article on us in the newspaper. God said, you're not ready yet. Like, okay. So then you know, we lived through the comments. So I thought you were going to Mexico. Yes, we're going. Oh. Okay. When are you going? When God says it's time to go. 
um, so that was it got to be kind of difficult to put up with uh, I thought you, oh you're back from holidays I thought you were going to Mexico you're back no we haven't gone yet oh where whenever God says it's time to go but he gave me the peace when he showed me it's like this is a blessing you're able to spend time with your kids you're able to grow he said what I what you need to get through uh, where I have called you to go and what you're going to need for faith and for uh, you don't have yet it's not time I know what you need I know what you are going to go through you're not ready yet I need to grow you in your faith there's things you have to learn it's a privilege to be able to stay here to learn to grow in our faith and when we're ready God will tell us to go but I had total peace being able to say thank you Lord for the time extra time that you've given us here and when I was able to do that I had total peace I wasn't worried about what people thought that thought you were going to Mexico I guess you're not going he took that away and so we had we just continued and God continued to bless us and to grow us deeper in our faith and Darren can tell you that um, he's brought us together and he's only been a Christian for seven years and God needed to grow him as well as myself into a stronger and really deep relationship with him so that we could get through the missing our family and being in a total different country and not understanding the language so when God tells you to wait and it will be in his time it's not a bad thing and so then things started to fall into place um, a year two years ago our youngest daughter got married and right after that things just snowballed so God says it's okay it's time to go now our house sold a month later we were able to move into her basement and then things are we were able to start sharing and our, our support started coming in and then we were still struggling with when do we go how much support do we have to have God said I got this and then we got a couple of different people that he used to say you know what if you want to part if you want God to part the, the Jordan you have to step into the water and it's totally trusting in it and I had I was one that really needs to see things it has to be on paper it's okay we're gonna we think we're gonna need this much support to survive and we've only got this much and it doesn't add up and then like it, the way it's looking we're never gonna go because we don't have enough money to go and God reminded me it's like I look after the sparrows I look after the little birds you don't think I have this I can do this I got it you need to go so we chose June 8th I think we left on the 10th of 2016 we pulled out of the driveway and headed for Mexico five years after he called us and so that's how God called us to Mexico and how we ended up at Calvary Chapel Bible College saludos desde Mexico saludos desde Mexico Esto es como no sentimos cuando llegamos a México. No entendimos nada. Greetings from Mexico. This is how we felt when we first arrived in Mexico. We understood nothing. We had taken some Spanish classes. We thought we were doing pretty good. Uh, <laughs> no. Usually our first response was, habla poquito español. I speak very little Spanish. Their response was either hablo poquito inglés or no inglés. I speak little or no English. We did a lot of playing charades. Google Translate, which, by the way, isn't always correct. Our first shopping trip was a real challenge. The kids said we left Alberta on June 10, 2016, and we arrived in Ensenada seven days later. It should normally take us three days. It took us three days to get back home. But we had a few challenges along the way. Again, I think this is part of God preparing us for our trip it, and to be able to totally trust, on, trust him. The truck had quite the time pulling our trailer up and down the mountains, and they never seemed to end. I was leading the way with the car, making sure that we stayed together. The truck used three times as much gas as the car, so we were very grateful for the two-way radios 
that enabled us to communicate and let me know that Darren's gaslight was on again. The next unexpected event was a breakdown. We pulled into one gas station and the truck was leaking a little bit of antifreeze. It was just drip, drip. Well, two hours later at the next gas stop, we had a waterfall of antifreeze. It was just pouring out across the parking lot. Now, you know, the amazing, amazing God story in all of this is that we pulled into, the town that we pulled into is called Fillmore, Utah. They had a mechanic in town. They were able to order a new radiator for us and install it the next day. By the way, when we said we needed a new rad, they said, oh, you must be from Canada. <laughs> because we call it radiator. God is truly amazing. And we had turned that story into praise because we were told, well, maybe that was God telling you, you know, it wasn't time to go. Maybe you shouldn't have gone. And we said, oh, no, God totally had this. He looked after us. The next afternoon when we pulled back onto the road, we found ourselves going straight up mountains and nowhere that we could have gotten the car fixed for miles. The closest city was Cedar City, which was about 150 kilometers away. So we believe that he was truly looking after us and said, I know your truck is going to break down. It's going to break down here because you can get it fixed and you have a place to stay. So it was totally God. He, he was looking after us. So then on the 17th, which was 10 days later, we finally made it to San Diego. We headed to Tecate to cross the border into Mexico. So I pulled in with the car. And we have two little dogs that were traveling with us. You saw them in the picture. They said, ah, everything is good. All I have to do is to go back. I have to just go park the car, cross the border, come back, and then just do the paperwork for our visas. Well, that was great, except for the tricky part was they wouldn't let Darren cross the border because they said we had too much stuff in our 6x10 cargo trailer. We had to get a broker. It was about 40 degrees Celsius. It was so hot. I had absolutely no idea where I was going. And I was really lucky to find a place to park. The parking is insane in Takati. And I made my way back with our little dogs to find Darren at the border. So we had no choice. We had to go back into the US. We had to park the truck and we had to come and do our visa paperwork. And then by Talking to one person, another person, another person, we found a broker. He came over to the truck and the trailer and he said, I can't help you either. You have too much stuff. It's like everything we own in a six by 10 cargo trailer, how can it be too much? But they didn't want to deal with the paperwork. We had to go to Otay Mesa, which is in Tijuana. It's another hour back down the crookedest. I thought I was going between Revelstoke and Golden. You know those really sharp hairpin turns and down, straight down? That's where we had to go back down. It was another hour back down that crazy winding road. I had to go back and get the car because I was now in Mexico and I had to get back to the US. Um, I got totally lost. I had no idea where I was going. There was a sign that said, um, Ensenada, I'm, I'm driving and I'm going this way and I'm going that way. And there was a sign that said Ensenada, straight that way. Or I had Darren on the other side. It's like, okay, where do I go? Ensenada, Darren. Ensenada, Darren. I figured I better go back for him. The other, the other thing was with our visas that we got stamped, it only allowed us to have one entrance into Mexico. If we did two weeks, okay, I'd already been in Mexico. I left there's a really good chance that they could turn me down and I would have to start the visa process all over again. So I prayed like crazy, Lord, help me to get across the border and for them not to shut down my visa. So I'm lost in Mexico. But thank the Lord, I found a couple of soldiers. Even though they had machine guns, they're really friendly. It's like... I'm lost. I need to go. And they're going, oh, do you know English? I'm going, oh, okay, I have to get over there. I, 
I have to get over there. <laughs> Mi esposo, over there. So we did some more sign languages. Go down here, uh, 6, 7, 7 Street. Yeah, go this way, um, 3, 4, and then back this way. But God is really good, and I found my way back to the border. Back down the mountain, we went, made it to the border crossing at Tijuana. Five hours later, after unloading most of the trailer, half the truck, half the car, and paying $450 in duty to bring our stuff into Mexico, we were back on the road. Tijuana is not a good place to get lost in a rush hour. We had absolutely no idea where we were going. But Darren had pulled out. He said, I'm going to pull out first. You just follow me. Now, the traffic lights in Mexico are way off to the far side on the intersections, and they're really small, and they're hard to see. And we went through multiple red lights because <laughs> he didn't see them. I said, you went through another red light. You were going to die. And he said, oh, really? Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, traffic circles where five lanes of traffic pull into one road around the middle. <clears throat> but we didn't die. He got, got us through. Finally, at the bottom of a very steep cobblestone road, we pulled into a gas station. We found that we were only a few blocks away from the highway in Ensenada. Praise the Lord, we finally made it. It only took us 12 hours to get from San Diego to Ensenada. It should take about an hour and a half. But we made it. Oh, yeah. Once we unpacked, the next thing to do was to complete our visa process and then find a language school. Now, before we left, we had found a school that taught classes for five hours a day, five days a week, which meant we were not able to start working at the college during that time, and it was really expensive. So we would only be able to take classes for two and a half to three months at the very most. But when we called the school, the receptionist only spoke Spanish, and since she couldn't understand us, she hung up. So we decided to go down to the school and just talk to them in person, and maybe we could get somewhere. So we had the address. We even had a picture from Google. Is this one working? Okay. So we decided to go down and, and just talk to them in person. Now, the really strange, a really strange thing happened. We came, to, we had the exact address, and they don't have street signs in Mexico, like very few. But we found where we were supposed to be. There was no school anywhere. We had the building, it had the arches and everything, it's the, there, but there's no school here. And this is the only address that I had. I had printed out my paper. This is where we're supposed to be. God had other plans. We decided to walk down the, sto down the street a little bit, and we came to a building, and it had a little sign on it that said Johnson Language Academy. They taught semi or private and semi-private classes, and they had openings for an hour and a half, one and a half hour classes twice a week. And we could pay in pesos, which is a huge blessing rather than US dollars. We had talked to them and, and we're saying what well, the school we were looking for, we, had we were gonna take classes five hours a day, five days a week, and he said, I don't teach like that because after about an hour and a half to two hours, your brain is mush and so is the teachers. So this doesn't work, it, that doesn't work, this is what I do. But God had this worked out because we were able to now continue to work at the college and go to language school. How amazing is our God? We've been learning more and more Spanish. 
And we've been able to practice every day at the college as well as everywhere we go. And shopping is getting a lot easier. And the really cool part is that we feel that God led us there not only because we can also work at the school, but our instructor. We have been able to draw really close to him. He was really upset when we were leaving. He goes, I'm gonna, really going to miss you guys. We have drawn really, really close to him, and we feel that God has brought us there to minister to him as well. And we're just leaving the door open that God will just direct us in everything that we do. One little thing that God really put on my heart, it was at Christmas time, and he said, you need, you need, we need to pick up something for Brian. I, I told Darren, we need to pick up a gift for Brian. I don't know why, but it's just really God's put this on my heart. We need to pick up something for him for Christmas. So we brought a, he likes to have snacks. So we bought, we just went and got a gift bag and filled it full of snacks and came in and said, Merry Christmas. Well, when we came back after New Year's, when our classes started again, he got really emotional and he said, I really missed you guys. And he goes, and I thought about you during the holidays and every time and then he just about broke down and it's like wow he must have really liked those snacks but he said this is the only Christmas like gift I got this year and it's like thank you Lord because it is drawing us closer together and we're just praying that and we've been really open with him as to what we're doing at the college why God has called us to Mexico and we're just ask you to just to really pray his name is Brian that he will just help us to to minister to him and that that we really feel that this is a reason that he called us to or he brought us to this school was to minister to them as well as helping us to learn Spanish now I had originally thought I was going to be serving in the office with student academics now I got a real surprise when I was told they really needed a kitchen manager and that since I had run a coffee shop, I should be able to do this and this is where they really needed the help, most help. Well, it's totally not like running a, a little coffee shop. I had no idea how to manage a campus kitchen. And since there had really never been anybody in this position, I was told that I needed to organize everything and basically figure out what needed to be done. I was totally lost. I argued with God a lot. I complained that this is not what I had come for, and I couldn't do it. No, nope, I had come to work in the office. That's the experience I had. I couldn't do it. Well, he reminded me that he knew that. That was why I needed, and th this was why that I would need to rely on him and not myself. I had come to serve him, and I should be willing to do whatever was needed. Well, that was interesting. It's like, calls you up short sometimes. And I said, okay, you're right. Once I finally gave it to him, and I said, okay, you know what? You're right. You did call me to serve you, and you never specifically said it would be in an office. But once I gave it to him and said, okay, you know what? I'm going to gladly serve in this position to the best of my ability, but I need you to help me. I had total peace. And the other staff members have been really supportive, and they give advice and encouragement along the way, and they've made sure ever since we pulled in that they are so glad that we have come. And it's been a real challenge. I'm not going to lie. It's been a challenge. But we're growing, and the challenges are continuing. Now, our students, they have to take part, or they have to take a class called CM 199, where they have to work in the, um, different departments in the school for 8 to 12 hours a week, as well as their regular classes. So this student, this semester, I have 24 students helping in the kitchen. And sometimes it's really difficult to schedule their hours for work and not conflict with their classes. But you know, it's been such a blessing too. It's a way for, us to, for me to get to know them and to see that how God is teaching and growing them in their faith and to see the obstacles that they have, such as finance, 
They're overcome so they can come to the Bible college. Some even come knowing that they do not have the money. But they're encouraged to trust God and that he will supply what they need. And their faith is really tested, but you know what? God has never let them down. Now, we have quite a few students that have been addicted to drugs and alcohol, spent time in jail, gone through rehab, and then gone to a place called Rancho Poema, which is a nine-month discipleship program for men who want to change their lives, and they're taught the Word of God. From there, they come, have come to the Bible college, and they're rooted deeply in God's Word. And to see the passion that they have to reach others for Christ is amazing to watch. Now, one of those men has become very dear to me. His name is Tony, and you saw him in the picture with all the grocery carts. He's our head cook and supervisor in the kitchen. Four years ago, he was on drugs. Alcohol, he told me, Diana used to drink like a fish. His life was totally out of control. His aunt came to visit him in rehab one day and talked to him about Jesus and told him that she had a dream and that he was going to die unless he changed his life. That really scared him. And finally, after talking with his aunt and a lot of prayer, he gave his heart to Christ. And now he has a burning passion to reach the people that are trapped in alcohol and drugs. He knows what it's like, but now he knows the freedom in Christ. We were shopping one day for the school. We go our, shop, our weekly shopping trips. We fill that 15-passenger van. And he went over to this couple, and he started talking to them. And I was wondering, it's like, oh, boy, it's like 15 minutes, and we're still standing in the aisle. But he came back to me and he told me, you know, it's been four years since I saw those people. He had worked for them selling pies, and since he needed drugs, he kept the money and he never paid them. This time he was able to tell them that he had met Christ and was now serving at the Bible college. They're believers, and it was so wonderful to, see, to witness the healing for Tony that day. He goes every Thursday to speak at a rehab center, especially for young people. Some as young as 10 years old. He's recently felt God calling him into the ministry and is praying for direction as to what God has for him to do. He's going to be leaving this school in June. And I just ask you to pray for him, that God will give him just a clear direction as to what he has for him to do. I finally get a turn now. When I got to the college, I told I'd be told I'd be working in operations, mainly, mainly in maintenance, because that's what my jobs there that I'd done before. Well, it just so happened the construction manager was construction manager was away in Canada. Here he was in Alberta Beach. Because uh, he had to do stuff with his uh, uh, something, child tax credit. So he had, anyway, he had to do that. So that was my, now I was given the task of doing construction. Drywalling, taping, plumbing, whatever else needed to be done. But the nicest thing that happened was that whatever job was needed to be done, God provided somebody that was able to do the task. It was amazing. Like, here, here we're going to be doing this drywalling. Okay, well, I can drywall. And mudding and taping. Well, I've not done mudding and taping, and when I do it, it doesn't look very good. Trust me. So anyways... Uh, we get a get that. One of the things there that they assigned me to do was bug spraying. I feel like a ghostbuster. Around Philip, fill up the water pack, walk around. All right. 
Now, the thing is there in Mexico there, the bug spraying, it's very important. Uh, not like here where the wintertime there you don't have no bugs in the winter. In Mexico you always have bugs, whether it be termites, scorpions, black widow spiders, uh, tarantulas, uh, let's see, what else? Few, a few other bugs. So that's why they have me do this bug spray once a month. So that's one of my lists there. Okay, I got to go do this now. But God has prepared me over the past few years, my jobs in Lamont and area, for the things there at the college. Proof that he has a plan for me. Even though sometimes I don't recognize it. Students, the students there that I work with are such an encouragement, helping me to learn, practice my Spanish. We work, laugh, share stories, draw closer together. It gives me a push that I need to keep learning the language. And it reminds me I didn't learn English in a couple months either. God uses the strangest situations to open doors. We had a power outage. And we're sitting there. Okay. Can't do anything because got no power to do anything. It was a Saturday. So I figured we'd already been sitting there for about two, three hours going, okay, how much longer? Well, maybe I'll run down to the guard gate and find out how long this is going to be, or if he knows anything. So I went down, and the guard told me, there's a big problem in Mexicali. Man, the power is out in a huge area, and, and there's no idea when the power is coming back. The guard, Gonzalo, said, because he said they had no power, no internet, no cameras, nothing. No way to heat his lunch because he uses microwave. So I told him, I said, well, that's not a problem. I says, we can, I can take your lunch. I can heat it up for you. Actually, uh, actually, my wife heated up. He heat, she heated it up. So anyways, because uh, we have a gas stove. We live up on a steep hill, and since it was only going to be a short time, I left the truck in gear, parked, and went into the house. Next thing I, we heard, the neighbor's dogs were barking. They have four of them, by the way. And somebody was yelling in Spanish. I'm going, okay, so I went and looked out. There it was. My truck was parked in their fence. It had rolled down the curved driveway without hitting cement wall on either side and rolled across the road into the fence, letting the dogs out. The chain link fence, I straightened out the chain link fence as best I could, went and delivered Gonzalo's lunch back to him there, like, okay, okay, let's go. And then I came back to see what I could do. Um, the lady said her husband, Raphael, would be home soon when I could come over and talk to him. The blessed thing was that they speak English as well as Spanish. We assessed the damage and he said, he would come with me on Monday to check out what we needed to buy. And he said, I can't be mad with you because you came over and you said you would fix it. But he also said, kind of a chuckle, and he said, but maybe don't park here again. <coughs> Excuse me. It turns out that he's a college professor. And we spent many hours fixing the fence, and we would go out for coffee, and he's very open 
to talking about the Bible and is seeking. God is amazing. The other thing there that I have started to do is I also spent most of my evenings taking coffee to Sir Hale. He's, another, he's the night shift guard at the gate. And talking and getting to know him. It's also a fantastic way for me to practice my Spanish and to get to know him. We also take Gonzalo, his favorite soda, 7-Up. And we joke back and forth with both of them. Our heart is to make, make them know how much we, we appreciate them. And we feel that God has a reason for putting us there. To be able to share our story with these people is what pushes us to continue to learn the language. We feel that God is widening the doors for us to share, and it is a privilege to do his will in Mexico. One of the things there that when my wife was telling the story of me being Christian for only seven years is I never thought in my wildest dreams I would be going down to Mexico as a missionary. I thought, thought before coming to Christ, I just, I just went, there's no way. There's no way. And now, now that I've gone to Mexico, come back, it's an honor that I am able to serve God in Mexico. We want to thank you for praying for us. And it's always an encouragement when we get responses from our Facebook or from our newsletters. It's hard being away from family and friends. But you know what? God is so good. And he's given, he's given us a family at the college with other missionaries and staff, and they've made us feel very welcome. They share everything with us, and they definitely encourage us, especially when we first arrived, feeling totally lost, that they were, so that we knew how glad they were that we were there. And they would help us in any way they could. So please continue to pray for us, the staff, and the students at Calvary Chapel Bible College. Now, since we're part of a faith-based ministry, we rely solely on the support that we receive from churches and supporters. So if God lays it on your heart to be part of our financial support team, there's several different ways that you can do this. And we have some information in the back. We've also got some pictures that we'd love to invite you to look at and, and um, just to see what we do and a little bit more about our story there. And we would love to speak to you more about it. Thank you, and God bless. Amen. Wow. It's amazing how God is, when he calls you, he's faithful, isn't he? And... Uh, and, and you know, as we call the worship team uh, back just for, just for a few moments this morning in, in the close of our service, um, uh, you know, maybe, maybe we can stand this morning. Just first of all, just thinking of what was shared this morning, you know, sometimes, sometimes God is tapping us on a shoulder too. And uh, before I get into that, of course, just, just a reminder, as, as the, the Wilsons have shared with us this morning, uh, if if the if the Lord first of all is 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 tapping on your shoulder and wanting to partner with them through prayer and finances, um, uh, listen to what the Lord is is saying to you. Listen to what the Lord is saying. If if God is calling you to that, I'm sure that you'll be blessed if you do. Um, and uh, that God is, is going to use them, continuing to use them where they're at, serving at the college, and as they build relationships. And that's really what it comes down to. It doesn't come down to necessarily the exact tasks that you do always, but it's about the relationships that you form along the way. 
And as Jesus told us to do, as we go, that we are to make disciples of him. And so if God is speaking to you to, to partner with them in prayer or in giving, uh, I trust that you'll do that. And uh, take some time to meet with them at the end and uh, uh, in the foyer, at the table, and so on, and make connections. Uh, and, uh, but at the same time, maybe God is also speaking to us in different ways. Maybe God is, 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 is calling us to, to maybe some form of service uh, locally, maybe in this church or whatever. Whatever God is speaking to you, I just want us to be able to, to say, Lord, here, here I am. Here I am. And just be willing to, to serve him in that way. And I believe that we had a song here. I think we should share it. We shared it last night. Well, do you remember what the song was? It's terrible. My mind has went blank. There was a song that, uh, that I wanted to close the service with. What do you got there for your list? I, I just need to see your, your list there. Thank you. Build my life. That's it right there. Build my life. Build my life. If we could just sing that this morning, just in closing, and uh, just as a song, really, of dedication. Praise the Lord. Spirit, we just pray you just speak to our hearts. And may we respond to what you're saying to us this morning. i
just pray this morning you will indeed show us who you are and that, Lord, that you would fill our hearts with your love, your compassion. That, God, that we would be able to see the world as you do. Lord, we thank you for your love for us. That in our sinfulness, in our in our pain, in our misdirection, we were all going in the wrong direction. All of us with pain and different hurts and, and all sorts of problems and issues. And yet, Lord, you you came along in our lives and you revealed your love, you revealed your heart to us. So continue to do that, Lord. Continue to reveal who you are. And that, God, that as we lay our lives before you, that, Father, that indeed you will lead us in your love and lead us to those who are around us. I thank you, Lord, for the Wilsons today and sharing their story with us how God is using them in Mexico and how you're opening doors of opportunity for relationships because that's what it's about. It's about people. It's about people for whom you came for and who you died for. And so, Lord, I pray this morning that we'll understand that we're not always called to Mexico. Or we're not always called to Brazil. We're not always called to Africa or Asia. But, Lord, Right where we're at, we are called. We're called. We're called to our neighbors. We're called to our friends. We're called to our co-workers. We're called to our fellow students. If we're, in, if we're students in school, we're still called. We're still called to go and to share your love and your heart. And so, Father, may we be the missionaries you've called us to be where we're at. As we open our hearts to receive, Lord Jesus, your heart, the Father's heart, that we'd have that same grace and love and compassion toward us and others that you had for us, that God, that you would open up doors of opportunity, you'd open up doors of relationship. May we, oh God, though we may not be sent to Mexico or somewhere else in the world, may we be sent to our very community. May we partner with what you're doing here as well. Think of the children this morning. May we, may we realize they are a mission field. May we realize that everyone that doesn't know Christ, wherever they are, that's our mission. And so, Lord, as we conclude the service, we pray for the Wilsons. We ask, Lord, for resources and abundant blessing and favor. We pray you'll continue, Lord, to use them. Use them mightily for your sake and your glory. And may, Lord Jesus, we be open, as Diane had shared, open to your hearing what you are saying to us and heeding it and walking in it. Whatever you want to reveal to us, whatever calling, whatever the nature that it is. I love the heart that she had when she said, I didn't come for this, but this is the need. This is the need. And so, Lord, I'm going to serve in the area of need. And so may we do the same. May we have the same heart this morning of service. So, Lord, I pray that, God, that what has been shared this morning would seek within our hearts. It would change our minds and our hearts and our affections. And that, God, it will begin to open up our hands of service in a deeper way toward you and toward others. Bless this fellowship. Bless the Wilsons. Bless the worship team. Bless all the children. Bless everyone that has come today. And may we continue, Lord, to walk in your will and your ways as you reveal your plan for us, knowing that, God, that your plans are good. And so, Lord, we just commit the rest of this day, the rest of this week into your hands. We thank you for each one that has been here. We ask your blessing on them in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you this morning. Thank you for coming. And if you have a chance, please connect with the Wilsons at the table. And I'm sure that you'll be blessed as you do. And, oh, by the way, and if you, you do want to make a donation to the Wilson's ministry, um, and you, want to, you can do that, you can write a check if you like at any time. 
and just mark it Wilson's on your tithe envelope and we'll be sure that we'll get the funds to them. So you can do that right through the right through Maple Street. You can have an envelope, just mark Wilson's on it and we'll get it to them. So God bless you as you consider that.